What's up, everybody? This is Andy Morales alongside with Leon and Angela Murray. Uh, welcome to another episode. I'm excited today. And, um, Leon, how are you doing today? I'm doing. I'm doing good. Um, it's been a long day, but moving on beyond that, I am looking forward to part two with my dear, beloved, awesome friend Tara. Have a boo. All right. Welcome back to Unraveled Influence. Yeah. Yo, you you really like, okay, uh, wait, I'm struggling not to say this. Uh, and then, Angela, how are you? <laughs> Great. Actually, this is what I found really interesting is, Andy, this is like your part three with Tara. This is Leon's part two with Tara. And this is my part one with Tara. I'm super excited. Wait, part I three? Wait, wait, where is there a part? Really? No, we have two parts. This is all two parts. Oh my gosh, you know what? I think it was just something you had done prior to us starting. I think I'm a, I'm extrapolating that because you had prior relationship with Tara Caribou before, right? Oh, oh, well, yes, yes. Well, I'm Leon, yes. Well, well, Leon, I, yes. Yeah. Not me, yeah. Then I flipped. I flipped the names. I'm so sorry. But Tara could have said it all straight. No, it's all good. You know what's funny? I only knew about Tara Caribou because of Brandon White. Brandon, if you're listening, uh, congratulations on your book. But yes. Yes. And also Very Greg, good. if you're listening. Yeah. That's what I'm saying too. Like Greg and Brandon, they both credit this amazing uh publisher and art, you know, writer creator, Tara Caribou, you know, for helping them start their whole thing. Yeah. Me. Like, I, yes. Yeah, you know, yes. Yes. Awesome, yeah. awesome. And Tara, how are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm <laughs> Excited to talk to you guys again. I really appreciate it. I didn't scare you off the first time, so nah, it's oh, cool. It's cool. Nah, no, never. this is it's like I always tell people this is an honor and a privilege to do this. And it's like we were saying, uh, is that what we were talking about before we started recording? Is the fact that you know, despite the stress I deal with in my life. You know, I think the main thing is when I'm home with my wife and my son or if I'm doing this, whether it's community or podcast, this is the few things in my life. And, and Jesus, of course, I can't. This Jesus, that's the new shirt, by the way. No, um, You know, those are the things that keep me. That's the main things that keep me sane um, is being with you guys, breaking bread and just having a great conversation. And hopefully this, you know, becomes a great thing. And I really think it will. So, you know, this keeps me sane, of course. Yeah, I had some really, really good feedback. I mean, surprisingly, I was really surprised at how many people reached out to me because um, I thought, oh, like three people will listen to this. <laughs> oh, no, Tara, but, it's um, been way more. Yeah, than, oh, it, yeah, I was really surprised. You know, the, I had a lot of people reach out to me privately and on my website and stuff, and it was just really cool. And I was just like, wow, what? this is such a cool thing you guys are doing. It's such a honor for me to be able to come and talk to you again no honor honor is definitely ours and um i remember when i first you know again like when me leon was first this is before angela even joined us but when me and leon mm -hmm. was um you know, first, you know, when I told, okay, dude, I need you to be my co-host. Just having that whole conversation. I said, okay, if we're going to do this right, 
let's let's definitely do interviews and stuff like that who do you and it's like he always kept saying your name so it just made sense and like i said <laughs> i've heard nothing but great things about you and it's just to think like wow here we are having a part two of the conversation it's just like wow this is this is a great way to connect with other people you know even people who Absolutely. we don't even know yet that's eventually will be on here so it's good you know i like how the expansion is uh you know the direction is going to, I guess, because we had CC Flow on here, and then mm-hmm. you know, which that that was just crazy. Then I had uh someone that I used to uh, work with, um, Kay Salas, recently, and she was just finishing the uh, the beauty pageant for Miss USA New Jersey. Miss USA. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, wow. it's just the 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 possibilities are endless, and I don't know. It's just awesome. Oh, just have a conversation, you know. And I will right. say this, Tara, as um. This recording, um, your interview, both on Spotify and YouTube. I'm not sure about the other platforms, but I do know for a fact, both on Spotify and YouTube, that your interview is actually the most watched interview out of all the other interviews. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Like if you go on the views, yeah, you have around 44 views on that. So this is pretty interesting. Like, wow. Like, and on YouTube, and on YouTube, you have 55, I believe. Yeah. Wow. So people want to hear about Tara and they want to hear from her and everything that she's got going on. (laughs) This is true. So let's, that's about us and more about Tara. Ever since, like, Annie and I, we always got into this conversation because, you know, 2019 into 2020, pre, you know, COVID shutdown, you know, we started, I started my poetry time then. And I had always been such a fan of you, your work, your photography, um, and then also how you have connected so many poets and writers to things that they haven't even imagined. Like, Greg really brought up in his interview last week how he was like, he just happened to reach out and your connection to him is what drove him. And now he's got a second book out this week, you know? So yeah. how does mm-hmm. that happen? How do, you, do writers usually contact you? Um, it's like with you guys, very organic. Um, really, a lot of times what I'm finding is because I'm, I'm a true believer in telling the truth. And so I'm very mm-hmm. honest with people. Yeah. If I don't like their work, I won't say I hate it. I just will say, well, it's, you know, it's not for me because everyone has different, you know, but if, if I love somebody's work, I just tell them and I'm very honest about it. Like, you know, it moves me or I like the imagery or, you know, wow, this is, you know, that could be written, you know, I could have written that sort of thing. Like it's that Mm -hmm, close mm -hmm. to my heart or whatever, but I'm just very honest with people. And when, and sometimes I just, I see someone, I'm like, man, I just really wish they could get more people reading their stuff, you know, and I just try to encourage people. And I usually will say something like, Hey, is, is there anything I can do to help you? You know? And then sometimes now I I think I've had one or two people where I specifically reached out and I said, Hey, I want to publish your book. We're going to do this. (laughs) And they kind of like, really? Huh? You know? But for the most part, it's just that I guess because I'm authentic with them mm-hmm. and they can see that they, you know, give me a chance or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I always tell people, I'm like, hey, you know, if you want to know what it's like working with me, I encourage you reach out to any of my authors. I don't care. You know, if they said don't work with her, then they're at least they're being honest with you. You're going to get a real answer from them. 
Wow. As an educator in my real life, feedback is super important. And feedback is, I mean, as a student myself, I've found great to be emotionally attached. So feedback feels emotional, but feedback is actually very important in mm-hmm. order for people to get better in their craft. It doesn't matter where any writer is yep. at right now. They can continue to work and practice and research and get better. And I think your honesty is what helps people become better writers. Um, Leon, you said that you had a prior relationship with Tara. Like, how did that organically happen? Leon's muted, so well, there oh, is. I'm back. I'm sorry. This guy, <laughs> this man. Come on, man. I'm being late, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, know. I, I am. I am fashionably late. Well, uh, no. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so so um, the way um, me and Taylor connected, I believe we've known each other since 2018-19. And it would um, have to be to 2018, I think. Yes. Uh, or or, I, or maybe even 2017, but 2018, I would say. And I forgot who connected with who first. I, um, oh, I never remember that. I never. Ever, I, I, it depends on the situation. I I I, rem- I remember some things, but I, you know, it's interesting how sometimes, Andy? yeah. Yeah. And I'll remember the minute, the second, the day. What you were right? Writing. No, yeah, yeah, but but no, depending. <laughs> like when it's very impactful, I tend to remember that. But but you know how sometimes when somebody's impacted your life, it's like sometimes we forget. Okay, wait, how did you meet? Like you ever met someone? You be like, Dad, you know, I don't remember exactly how we met, but I'm glad I met you. Kind of situation. I've had so many of those as well. It's like, but certain people like Angela, I definitely remember because I was she had. This all started from a post. It's funny because when I first met my wife and we were friends, all this started with hey i owe you a quarter that's pretty much how this whole thing started and then here we are what 10 15 years later now we're married like it's so crazy that's a great story you have a quarter exactly i owe you a quarter because we were trying to play pool that's what it was and you know it's a dollar for to put quarters in mm-hmm. to play pool and i'm like yeah I, I, you have a quarter i owe you a quarter and then the following time i saw her again i was hanging out i said hey here's that quarter i owe you and she looked at me like it's just a quarter i'm like no but it's all about money because i was poor i didn't really have money like that so to me it's like i would want someone to do that for me even if it is just a quarter even though i don't really care if people give me back my quarter but it's just one of those things like here, I owe you a quarter. I don't know. It's just a great impression type thing, yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I don't want to go out in this world owing anybody anything, no matter what. I, you know, I hear you. Oh, it's I a did. character thing. But yeah, so. But, yeah, so uh, how was your organic Instagram? Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah, Instagram. Me, me and Tara, we did connect through Instagram. And um, I, be- and I believe, like, um, as she read my poetry, I read her poetry, and um, not just um, her poetry, but her pictures versus you know, my um, art pictures. Um, we just created like a bond together. And then mm-hmm. um, a couple of years later, um, she had put this project together um, called the Poet Symphony. And she had told me about it. I believe I was probably one of the first people she had told about it. And she told me that she had contacted other artists and that she really thought would be, you know, a great addition to the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I wanted yeah. the art, yeah. Mm-hmm, because art, you yeah, were yeah. doing yeah because you do the photography and you were doing you were doing that whole series of um your living canvas out in nature and of course yeah. it and everything and then you're you know you were doing your dancing and this other stuff and i was just like oh, i forgot about the dancing exactly what i want yeah i love yeah. and that's what i'd always be like oh, i i like i always liked it when you do his dancing because it just made you feel good you know 
and, and you know what I gotta say, she was always like one of the very first. Whenever <laughs> I made a new dance video, literally I was always looking forward to Tara to comment because she was always <laughs> one of the very first people with the comment, mm -hmm. and I knew if she was gonna comment. It was gonna be some something special. Show off. And if it would go, if it would go too long with a with a post, I'd be like, hey, hey, I, I need I need more of Leon in my feed here. <laughs> you know what's in, you you know what's yeah, we need more Leon. You know what's yes, yes. You know what's in, you know what's interesting. I don't know if it still happens on Instagram. Remember, remember back in the day when you follow someone, you could there was also the option to see more of them. I see. I feel like even if it's there, it's like do people still do that anymore? Uh, the, it's a little options. different. Yeah. You can do like you can make them close friends and just follow close friends. That's about as. But see. how accurate is the close friends? Because even when I did, I used to do the close friends for a little bit, and it seemed like even with the close friends, it's like, oh, okay, it's like like they all they see is they just look, they'll see that it shows that they saw your post, but they don't comment or they don't like like that is. I find that very interesting with Instagram. I don't know what it is or how we fix something like that. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just rambling. I'm sorry, guys. I don't think they still do that, do they? I thought that they did away with that. Well, with the, like, yeah, like if you look at your stories, if you if you swipe up, you can see like, like if you see look at oh, there's a there's a thing that you could swipe up oh, and then you right. see all your stories, yeah, stories. and it'll see who actually saw it, who actually liked it, and stuff like that. But that but it seems like that's all there is now is just likes or or just mm. it just sees that you saw it, but no one really engages in commentary and stuff like that. Do you think? How, mm. it, I guess in your eyes, my question to you is: Has that affected you in a way where? You're you always wonder what it is about that. Is it because people don't want to talk to each other anymore? Like, what do you think it is? In your opinion, of course. Oh, boy. I think it's a combination of people being super wrapped up in their own selves. You know, that's that's a huge, huge problem, not having that community mind. It's a lot of, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. So, you know, and just... I don't know. It's this uh, last few years, it seems like it's really shaken a lot of people up out of, you know, either they've got sunk deeper into some pretty narcissistic um, habits or uh, they're like you guys, you know, totally going the opposite direction saying, you know what, we've been too wrapped up in ourselves for too long. We're just going to. I agree. I agree with you on that one. I think you summed up. I think you summed it up all perfectly. And I think that's why I feel like, okay, I mean, obviously it's going to take work, but I know eventually, I think that's our end goal is just, okay, let's start interacting again. But um, yeah, uh, I, I get you, but I don't want to get off track and um, your, your keys are rambling. issue too is we are in such a high media advertisement um i'm gonna call mm -hmm. it casino culture where yeah. mm -hmm. our brains are wired and we are feeding our own you know neurological impulses with the things that are working on the instagram they're they're mm -hmm. built for this so the yeah. Yeah. tendencies are human like we are humanly wanting to look in the mirror you know and try to look you know stunt out for everybody but also part of it is we are actually subconsciously feeding into that as well absolutely so with andy's yes. coming together with conversations we can break that um, mm -hmm. by having the conversations and i think i've really been interested uh tara i'm really interested in your opinion and thoughts because i know you're out in the more wilderness area in the country 
um, even though you're across, not in the 48. Pretty much the North Pole. Let's just be real. Passionate about the ones that are doing the open mics, not just necessarily virtually, but the ones that are holding local community and trying to pull community members in and sharing the work in that kind of, um, I'm going to call it like a cafe open mic style. Um, do you get a lot of that out there or is that more be- or is that more difficult? Did you got, do you find there is a local artistry uh, scene where you're at? Um, in terms of writing, like, well, mm-hmm. not not in the way that I see people, especially like on the East Coast, it seems like I see a lot of people. Um, you know, back- Tennessee is really working. I, I feel like everybody needs to get on board with what they're doing in Tennessee because there seems to be a whole network of poetry, poets that are trying to get people together and community, not just poetry people, but audience. I think that's where we're struggling is we all are writers. Where are our audience? I mean, where I live at, of course, I'm super rural, but mm-hmm. um, there is kind of a joke up here in Alaska because we have so so many artists not just writers Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um painters and you know just like like any kind of of artist um that you can think of there's just a super high amount of them and i mean i remember in the 90s there was a there was a coffee shop we used to go to you know where people would do their Mm -hmm. open mics and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but it's they they don't have their open mic nights there anymore although the place is still there but it's not like it's not like they don't exist but it's definitely not to the quantity I mean people you got to understand up here I mean Mm -hmm. it for me to go grocery shopping to get Mm -hmm. to the closest like town that has like um you know a couple grocery stores on it it takes me an hour to get there to drive there that's on the highway doing oh wow so So you got to plan groceries out a while in advance because that would be a definitely a hike Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a once a month shopper myself. But, I um, bet. Oh wow, <laughs> we gotta talk um, about but that. So, no, so you gotta understand that coming together, you know, to do things. Now, obviously, the majority of people in the state of Alaska live in this in you know in the city of Anchorage. So, mm-hmm. it you know in the cities is different, but you know mm-hmm. the rest of us we don't have the opportunities. It's just we're all spread out. <laughs> I can't, I don't have any neighbors. Yeah. I can't see them, you know, I'm there around. But. See, that's my ideal situation. I would love to be out in the wilderness with no neighbors. That sounds Well, awesome. I'll tell you what, I choose to live this way. I've lived in I the city. I've lived in the dream. States. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I very purposely choose to live like this. I think anyone can, ch- to li- live a certain way, it's what you choose to do. Mm-hmm. But if it gives you peace of mind, that's good, right? Like, I mean, because sometimes that's what we need. Like, my brother, like, again, like, I, I originally lived from New York. My brother moved to Fort Worth, Texas, and he feels like he's gotten more peace of mind and more, just pretty much more at ease in some parts of his life than he wouldn't have been able to in New York. And I think me moving to New Jersey, even though I'm not that far from New York, but the area, you know, it's a little bit of everything. Like, you get somewhat of a main street that has the stores but then everything else is mostly suburban as parks and stuff but like i like i said i can actually go outside in my house let's say if i'm in front of the porch let's say for example and i can actually enjoy you know just just enjoying the peace and quiet now i don't like too quiet and that's the only thing i don't like about bayonne <laughs> it's too quiet that even when i sleep i gotta have some kind of noise like i'll, I'll have my alexa play like rain sounds or something like that just so i can have some kind of noise 
because too oh, much yeah, quiet and silent. No, no. Oh my god, you know what's crazy? My wife said, my wife actually said to me one time, oh yeah, like when she used to live in, um, I, I forgot, was it Prospect Park or something? No, or I forgot the area, but it's like down Coley Island somewhere. She said, oh, because she used to live where the trains are at, so you hear the, the train. She said she loved that. I can't. That's too loud. That's too much noise. Especially if you're, your, your apartment is literally right in front of the train tracks and you hear that track every night. Hell no. <laughs> Too much, too much. Leon, what about you? Are you you gotta have noise, or are you a nature quiet kind of guy? I'm in between, actually. Um, You're like I'm, John the Baptist. Let's be honest, bro. <laughs> no, because no. no, like where I live, I do live in like I like literally live on um, basically on Detroit city limits. Uh, okay. Yeah, I live on Detroit city limits, and you know it's it's not too noisy. Um, cause mm-hmm. I live in a small, cause I live in a small town, like right now, but it's pretty much Detroit. Cause literally if I like go out my house and then make a left, I'm in Detroit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I just call Detroit, even though it's called a different town. I'm like, no, I live in Detroit. I live, if yeah. I go down the street, I'm in Detroit. No, I get what you mean. Um, cause that's how it is in Chicago too. There's Chicago and then there's South Chicago Heights and then there's, um, North Chicago Heights. But at the end of the day, it's still Chicago. It's just, they just have these like parts of it, which I find it very interesting. Right. And so, um, but with me, so it's in between. I wouldn't want, I, I wouldn't want to live in a city where, I mean, I do like city life to an extent, but then also at the same time, I want to like live at times. If I had it my way, if I had the money and everything, I would just basically for three months, I would live, just live out rule in a wilderness, but a place Ooh. where I could basically just have like, It'd be like a retreat, and I could have like, basically all the necessities I need, like all the fruits and vegetables would be at my. Oh my gosh! Um, we have to go. This is where I wanted to go with mm-hmm. this. Like, so I, two I, I could, I could, mm-hmm. No, go finish oh, your thought because I okay. want to go with two things with Tara right. and everybody else around the table. Two all ideas right, with, I, that you just and, gave me. Okay, and I could have it at <laughs> my dispense. I would, whatever, at my dispense. I would have all the trees and all the herbs I would, I, I would need, and all the like clean water I would need. To live off of and um yeah and during that time i would spend time just like you know in nature or i would spend just some um, writing reading working working out or, or what have you or just Perfect. that little ship that, that like john the baptist right oh my because well, <laughs> he was like that you can't tell me that's what that's what he was john the baptist was in, <laughs> eating grasshoppers okay. and stuff Yes, yes, right, locusts and honey. Yeah, eating locusts and honey. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're in the topic. We're not losing it. This is perfect. No, 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 because no, no, this is where okay. I wanted to go with this. Two things. Okay. The reason that we were talking about like our preferred living situation is obviously a lot of our writing is inspired by just our daily existence. So, mm-hmm. one, like, do you, are we in our right spots or places where we're supposed to be in order to help our own creative minds? Like, Tara, I think I would totally transplant to right where you are because I would just be completely inspired by that backdrop of that incomplete isolated nature backdrop. And then two, my extra second question was, and this kind of goes along the lines with being locked away somewhere for, you know, a retreat, um, bringing up, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he went away into that dark house for a couple of days to, to, you know, so I want to know two things. One, do you think your home life and your surroundings really are affecting your creative mindset? And we'll go around there. And two, 
would you be interested in going to a dark house retreat like Aaron Rodgers did to come out the other side with some sort of fantastic uh, process? Uh, well, that's pretty good. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Well, I do. I don't know. I write differently now than I did when I lived in the city for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, I am very, very inspired by my surroundings. And so I, I do think that does sort of come into play. And like, I even noticed this, like, Oh, like, like with Leon and his art, he, the, when, you know, the more like in the summer and spring and stuff, when he's really getting outside a lot, I notice he writes and creates a different type of an art than he does in the winter time. And it's Ooh. really obvious with him. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't think, and he's definitely not the only one. I don't think um, I'm the oh, only no. one. I think that, you know, your seasons and, you know, exactly getting out, getting away from your normal every day and setting that special time aside. I don't um, know what you're referring to about locking yourself into a dark house or anything. Oh, but, um, so did you hear what a writing Rogers retreat? Did? Wait, well, I don't, I don't even know who that guy is. I'm gonna be honest with you. I have oh. no idea who that is. Yeah. No idea. Oh gosh, no sorry. Idea. Am I the only sports fan on the on the phone tonight? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. my father yeah. was a baseball fiend. He played baseball. He played softball. But I, if you, I mean, I'll watch a game. But if you ask me, hey, you, you know who that? Is? I was like, no. I mean, I know some things. People tell me stuff like, I know who David Cohn is. I know who, uh, um, Greg Maddox. Like, I know who they are. I know Joe Montana. But that's like that's because people told me about them i know stephen curry and lebron james but let's be honest i don't know no, I like so. no but that's because they, that's that's what you, you hear about them all the time so i was like yeah but go ahead go ahead yeah. it doesn't matter who he is but he's a he was the quarterback of the uh green bay packers and there's a lot of controversy with him recently oh but, Lord. Um, he had yeah so he had been threatening to you know try to leave the team or whatever but he recently went into a house for complete isolation. I don't know. He wasn't supposed to talk or I think there was no lights. And I believe there definitely were um, psychotropic um, things involved as far as like magic mushrooms and like um, other things that like along ayahuasca perhaps. And it was supposed to be some sort of spiritual, like, you know, letting the, the toxin things out to have a clear mind in order to make a real decision on his future. Life. Again, who cares that it's Aaron Rodgers, you know, who cares about it? You know, anybody, but like, would you be interested in doing something like that where you'd be locked away in isolation? Maybe you don't have to have the psychotropic drugs, but an alone in a, a room or a house by yourself for, let's say, 48 hours or, you know, 72 hours. That's scary. Would you do that? <laughs> I personally, scary? I personally would not want to be in a house because I prefer to be outside. But I mean, I get what you're, you're getting at. Would I want to do a writing retreat? I actually do do that for myself at mm -hmm. times when I need to for my art. Um, oh, can so you talk about those? <laughs> but, or, oh, just different types of retreats, you mean? Or I mean, yeah, everybody's like, different, but just going like, off. Can you talk about one of your favorite ones that you've experienced? Because um, there might be people that are hitting this and never knew that there was things like that out there. Oh, well, or things I you could do for yourself. I I think that yeah. I mean, you can. I, I do know some people will, you know, rent a hotel room and they'll, they'll go there for, you know, a couple of days and do their thing. Or, you know, if you live in the city or something like that, or you can go camping or, you know, geez, just get in your car and go drive and sit on the side of the road. I mean, I don't know. Every, there's lots of different things you could do, but you can take food. You cannot take food. I mean, 
you can fast while you're doing it. I mean, oh, sure. no, um, I not me. No, I was, I was, I was <laughs> sorry. Ask for, um, what is your um preferential retreat experience? What, what, like, do you desire and um when you set yourself in a mindset of okay, I'm gonna go on this retreat. I'm gonna take this time for myself to just get my creative juices flowing, and we'll see what what comes comes with it. Uh, pretty much for me, I just wherever I can be alone, make sure I have something to write on. A couple different things like you know, uh, my computer or pad of paper and pencil, and water. I mean, but I personally, I don't, I don't. I mean, I've the longest I've fasted lots and lots of times, so for me, it's not a Mm-hmm. big deal i fasted for 42 days is the longest i've ever gone wow, oh, wow. whoa really that's can wow we, can we speak on that can we speak on that? yes please yeah what was on, that experience like <laughs> on fasting in general or that particular no, that, 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 oh either yeah yes 42 days wow this is true well there's all different there's all different types of fasting, Leon. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, some people do a fast from, say, uh, you know, your computer or coffee or alcohol or food or, mm-hmm. you know, there's all different types of fasting. It's just um, purposely mm-hmm. setting yourself aside where you're denying yourself some sort of pleasure and uh, it takes you to a, it really, first of all, I'll tell you one thing if you've never fasted before. I do highly recommend it periodically doing intermittent fasting because if anything, it really shows you how much, say, say you decide you're going to not eat food. Mm-hmm. It really lets you know how much you think about food during the day. <laughs> this is so <laughs> true. Then, so you, know. you go through, uh, you go through this process. And the reason why I like longer fasts is this. The first day is okay. You're like, yeah, I can do this. And the day two, you're like getting pretty hungry and maybe a little mm-hmm. cranky, might get some headaches. Day three and four, absolutely miserable. You just want to die. There's no way you can possibly keep going. You're, mm-hmm. you know, going to the bathroom a lot. You might be puking possibly. Oh, wow. uh, you stink. You smell really bad because all the toxins are starting to come mm-hmm. out of your body because your body's now working on that instead of on processing food so you go through this and then you know five day five day six you know you start to get to this point where it's more of a it what it turns into is a head trip you get over Mm -hmm. the whole physical thing of eating and suddenly you have a lot more time to think you have a lot more time to create you notice things you smell things more you the colors look different Because you're denying yourself one thing and your body is putting its energy into the other senses. Wow. It's a very interesting process. Um, uh, You can, you know, say you might fast for seven days on one thing and then change it to something else. Uh, You know, there's all different types of fasting. There's going to be plenty of people, I'm sure, listening who are at completely against the idea of fasting and that's fine for you there's a lot of well there's a lot of scientific studies that talk about the benefits of different types of like you said fasting so there are definitely some articles that we could always look into again everybody's journey is personal and if they're Mm -hmm. upset about somebody else's journey that's that's (laughs) unfortunate because your journey has led you here and it's been very inspiring for our listeners uh people you've connected with Uh, and also like so many people have 
been successful with their own personal dreams because of your personal journey and how you've connected with them. So again, people can be upset. That's fine. But that's sad mm-hmm. if they want to be upset about somebody else's personal choices. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's sad. Yeah. That's on them. I, but I appreciate them for having an opinion. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my best friend, he's, he's very... Um anti-fasting he thinks i'm crazy well there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with fasting though oh it's funny i i don't my brother was is a big like he's a well he's a he's not just politically vegan he's like morally and socially and everything within him is vegan but he's gone on many juice fasts that have last like six plus weeks and a lot of people have died on him about it so but it's he has like the back he has like research articles and helps them back it up. But again, people have their own choices to make in life. Right. And that's okay. As long as it's I not will... hurting other people and preventing other people from making their choices. Wait, so Leon, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, Leon. Okay, I was going to say, um, personally for me, I um, have fasted myself um, either because of, you know, my church has said, let's go on like, you know, a fast. And I have taken um fasting a couple of days personally you know usually um when i want to get myself um connected closer to jesus and Mm -hmm. you know and just want to i just want or just want to be more spiritually aware and more more conscious of my surroundings and yeah i can agree like the first day is like this ain't nothing i got this (laughs) And, and and then by day two you're like all right, all right. Uh, you know, stomach's grum- a little bit grumbling, and then by day three, kill me now. I'm just yeah. my life, you know. But, uh, I will, I will say this though. Like, so when I've done like a seven day, <laughs> when I've done like a seven day fast or like a two week fast, it's usually after day three. Literally, usually in the middle of yep. day three or at yep. the end of day three, you feel a transformation. It's like your yeah. body does yes. a switch. And then all of a sudden, there's like your body's like, okay, I can adjust to this. So you really realize what your body can like go through. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, you really realize how much food. Yeah, like she said, reiterating, piggyback mm-hmm. off what I'm Tara said, how much you desire food. But then when you're fasting, how much you really do not need food as much, and how much more time mm-hmm. you have to do other things. Ooh, that's deep. I will say. Um, I personally, I am a, what I call a significant dreamer and that mm-hmm. I have dreams that, um, oh, come true or that they, you know, maybe about other yeah. people and I'll be shown things about them or mm-hmm. something like that. Oh, that wow. I have no right to know, but, um, mm-hmm. so I have these significant dreams I always have. And, um, and I can remember all my dreams, even from when I was a toddler, um, oh. I can wow. I I dream every night and um I I remember them all. And I will wow. say that and I have will have visions during the day and stuff it just doesn't happen as often but um what I will say when I'm fasting it definitely happens more frequently. Mm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, that is insane. But I yes. I have had some pretty powerful um visions that and I I write them down often. I usually mm-hmm. write them down. So, mm-hmm. and and that's tapping. I know this is getting like I know to some people, it's going to be very like 
controversial. Like, why are you bringing this up? Uh, oh, well, put it up. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm going to say it anyway. Sorry. Put that shit up. No, Leon, don't. But, 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 um, you, so basically, like, what I'm assessing is that, um, you know, God has gifted, um, your spirit and your soul with, um, pretty much, um, being able to see into the prophetic realm, the spiritual realm. I, I don't, I don't this. look at it I that will, way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't look at it that way. Like just being in tune to the patterns of the universe almost. I feel like the, 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 the ebbs and flows of the positive and negative charges in the atmosphere. That's how I feel it. That's my own. That, that doesn't make any sense either. No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. No, no, but I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, because because if you think about time, when you ever when you have deja vu, basically deja vu is showing you the um course that's mm-hmm. already um took place. You just haven't yeah. walked into that place yet. You haven't walked into that. Isn't that crazy? Time is not linear. Time is not linear. And in, in, in no, the it's properties not. of quantum mechanics and physics, you yeah. can slow down time. Mm-hmm. And there quantum has mechanics, been a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quantum mechanics shows that quantum mechanics actually shows that time is the past, the present, um, the the um, future is all within now. And that, that that's mind blowing to me. And even mm-hmm. like going, you know, and, you know, even if we go back to like even scripture it says like, you know, the begin seeing the end from the beginning. And it, it, it's just, but it's amazing when we as human beings um, are, are able to, some human beings are able to like have that gifting to be able to see the future, but still remain in the present at the same time while the future already took place. Then when the future that we walk into, that timeline takes place, it's it's just a complete mind-blowing experience. Like, whoa, yeah. I've done this before, but I haven't. But Yeah, that that is insane. Tara, have you ever had, well, obviously, I'm, a, I'm assuming the answer is going to be yes, but I don't know. But have you ever had dreams or visions, obviously, um, that have been almost incredibly painful? Like, I don't want to use the term painful, but, like, they were so upsetting because of what you had seen that you didn't know what to do with it? Yeah. Well, I mean, there. I often am like, okay, mm-hmm. now what am I supposed to do with this? You know, right? Um, it just depends. Sometimes I feel like I should tell. You know, like it's often if mm-hmm. I'm dreaming about someone else, um, I'll feel the need to tell them to share it with them. And most of the times, people come back later and say, "Wow, you know, that was exactly what I needed to hear." And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want details. I do not want to know right. more than I already know. And so I'm just like, "Okay, don't. I don't really want to know." Just, but they'll say, "You know, thank you for sharing that with me because it's a personal thing." When mm-hmm. you know, and I, 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 I've had a couple times where people have been like, "Okay, you know," and they accept what I'm telling them, and they're like, "Okay, that means nothing to me." And I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." Yeah. You know, so I I just take it for whatever it is. We're all connected. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's powerful. That's the definitely DNA, powerful. DNA, we're all made out of the same 
Isn't that yeah. crazy? And, you know, and I, I just try to be obedient to what's given to me. So that's yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? I'm glad you brought that up. Obedience, but how? This is a very. You said the word obedience, and that already triggered something. Because how hard is it to sometimes be obedient to something that, even though it might be uncomfortable, but we know we gotta do it. How hard is it to really be obedient at times? I, there's no right or wrong answer. I just want to know, like your um, experience or in your honest opinion, because that's a very interesting thing about obedience. I I know I struggle with that a lot sometimes, especially in my spiritual walk. Amen to that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, sometimes it's easy, and sometimes it's like fighting tooth and nail. But at this, you know, at this point in my life, I just really try to to trust and have faith and just say, okay, well, I don't understand. I don't see, see everything. I don't see the, you know, I don't see all the details. I see my little bit and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be, you know, true to what I see, what, even what I don't understand. I'm just trying to be true to that. Um, It's kind of, that's just how you have to be. Otherwise you're going to stress about, well, but how does this puzzle piece fit with this puzzle piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but, and then when just... our institutions are broken, I mean, yeah, that our main institutions are broken, but yeah. it, it, so we can't be obedient to a broken system. However, we have to be able to work within the system in order to make things. Well, one thing I've learned about life is I, I don't know if this is, I mean, I, okay. So what I'm about to say, I've heard this a lot in church, but I'm applying this to my actual secular life as well. So let's say whatever God doesn't exist. Let's say, let's take that aside just for one second. One thing I've learned about life is that I don't believe I'm called to fit in. Rather, I'm called to stand out. If that makes sense, because yeah, standing out means, yeah, because standing out means that you are able to make a difference when nobody else could. And I feel like if I can make a difference or impact in some shape or form, however that looks like, then I think standing out, I'd rather stand out than to fit in. Because when I fit into a society or to a circle, then I'm not really being true to myself. I just feel like I'm just basically just being a follower you know what i'm saying because you ever notice yeah and you ever notice you ever yeah but has to be unique but we have to be able to go in the same direction in order for us well that's the thing see but alan but alan ginsburg wasn't like that though if you want to be honest alan ginsburg wasn't like that he didn't care no what I'm saying is, no, absolutely. Everybody has their own journey, their own choices. And yes, you can be a successful individual on your own, totally. However, in my experience, you have to have your own, I'm going to call it like the Ocean's Eleven. You have to have a group of people that all have unique individual skills, but also work together on a common goal. Like what we're doing now, basically. Yes, exactly. You're standing out, but we're working together. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. But I was talking about in a different aspect. But I like that you brought that up. I definitely, I like how you brought that up. That that makes a lot of sense. And but one thing I've, I, well, I was always told that you know, let's say for example, in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, when two of the exact same people are together, it doesn't always work. Rather than you have opposites, because I feel like my wife's the yin to my yang. Because even though me and my wife have similar personalities, but there's a lot of opposites between me and her, and I feel like somehow some way it just works and opposed to if someone's exactly the same as exactly you are it's not gonna work for a while i don't know if that's how you see that's just how i see it that's the way i've learned life i don't know what, what do you guys think 
I don't think it's opposites, Andy. I think the correct terminology there is to have a compliment. Mm, Somebody yeah. who compliments you. You have a weakness in one area, and for her, it's going to be a strength. She's got a weakness in one area. You're going to have a strength in that. Yeah, so it balances you well. When you work together, yeah, that's... So I don't think it's... I don't believe in the opposites attracting. I do believe that there's complementary relationships, not just in boyfriend-girlfriend, as you say, but also in friendships, in business partnerships. Work relationships. All sorts of... It doesn't matter. Any sort of relationship of any kind, the things that are going to work out are going to be complementary and Mm. not meaning that you know, in my weaknesses is where you're going to be stronger, you know, Ooh, is, and then, you know, where we're lacking, Angela's going to fill in and where she's lacking, yeah. Leon's, you know, that sort of thing. That's a complimentary relationship. Intriguing. When we're talking in a publishing poetry relationship, because artists can be very unique and very demanding and very egotistical and, you know, this is true. Tara, is it hard to work with artists like that? I know you say that you're very honest. So is it easier to work with an artist, even though they might have a a bad uh, disposition, but they are good at feedback or is it easier to work with somebody who's pleasant? Um, but it's bad at feedback. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, my, my, that's a good oh, question, Angela. Very great question. Let me give you a, a, a personal example here. And I'm going to use this example because I know he won't mind. And I'm going to talk about Brandon White for a minute. Oh, yay. Um, <laughs> we had Brandon, Brandon is... Book. It's his third book. Exactly. Everybody's listening. Um, if you don't have it, go to Amazon. Okay. Right <laughs> Uh, no, uh, Brandon is, I love working with Brandon. He, he, but he knows what he wants. So first of all, he's an artist. He, he, you know, he creates the art that's in his books. Mm-hmm. He also is a writer and he's also a, a, a musician, right? Okay. So he's coming from all these different aspects and he, and he's got all this experience, especially in the music realm. And so he knows what he wants. And so uh, I can't just steamroll over him and be like, hey, this is how it's going to be. I might be like, hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And we work together really well as a team, I think. Now, you know, we had one project where we, uh, I'm not going to say we butted heads because we didn't, but we did have a little bit of an, we had a couple issues kind of arise. And, wow. um, and yet we, you know, he respects me. I respect him. And, you know, we said, he goes, well, this is just the way it's going to be. And I said, okay, it's your book, you know? And, and I, I said, this is my opinion. I shared it with him and he said, well, this is the way it's going to be. And I said, okay, you know, that, you know, I, because it is, it's his work. I'm just facilitating it. So Mm -hmm. I, I said, that's fine. But not all uh, publishing places would be like that. Yeah, this is true. No, no, no. Uh, no, not every place will be. In fact, let me talk about publishing for just one yeah, minute please, here. Please. This yeah, is good stuff. Yo, you know what? I love you, Angela, because you always open one book. Um, No, no, like you... <laughs> because you always open one thing, but it leads into something else. I freaking love this. What do you think, Leon, before um, Tara oh, says... Oh, which... oh, oh, no, no, it's absolutely awesome. And yes, um, for anybody... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the um, introduction. So for anyone that wants to know about publishing, 
you're going to hear the knowledge and wisdom that Tara Caribou has um, done the work, and she knows. So Tara Caribou, the floor is yours. <laughs> There's all different types of publishing, okay? I One of the thing when anybody approaches me and says, hey, how do I send my book to you? I, I, I give them some free advice. And that is... That's you really nice. To, First of all, you need to do some research because, okay, maybe you like my books, but maybe we don't just don't get along or we don't have the same vision or something. It doesn't hurt my feelings if someone gets that. You know, if Brandon were to right now say, I'm, hey, Tara, I'm going to go work with this other publisher. I would say, cool. I hope, you know, I wish you the best of luck. I hope that you, you know, you guys work really well together because I, I don't, because that, that's what I'm there for is to facilitate, right? But a lot of publishers aren't like that. They, in fact, a lot of people say, oh, I, I wish that one of the big five publishers, you know, uh, mm -hmm. would publish me. And I say, I don't think if you really knew what it was like, you would really want to, because they actually steamroll over the artists The these authors, oh, they don't get a choice. They They're don't like get a choice. They don't get a choose their covers. They don't get to choose their artists. They don't get to choose their editor. They don't get to choose. They often get huge swaths of pages just deleted out. They have someone rewrite partially. I mean, they don't get oh, a dang. I didn't even know that. Wow. I didn't even That's know that. I didn't know they, like, about the editing stuff. Like they no, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, so then we have, uh, you know, that's the big ones. Now we got a bunch of small house publishers. Mm -hmm, and um, mm -hmm. you have a lot of them who they do they publish people's work and it appears that they don't care. They don't have the quality. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't care. It's like, they don't care about the person. They don't care about what they're doing. They're just putting it out there. They're more of like a vanity publisher. Technically, I, I will say this technically raw or think is would probably be considered a vanity publisher, but I don't really like that term, but okay. um, it's, I love uh, it. Say it. the thing is, is that, um, it seems it appears to me that these publishers don't really care about the writers and they they don't do good editing they don't do good covers they don't do they don't it's like they just they just sure I'll yeah you can pay me and I'll do this for you and everything and they're just they're but they're not doing a very good job and then there's some that are like hey it's my way and either you like it and you go along with it or go down the road and then there's some who you know you know who work with the Right. This the this is why I say it's important to do your research yeah, on who research. you're going to work with because there are a ton of publishers out. I mean, a ton of publishers. They're just they're coming out of the wall, especially like in the last couple of years. I'm on Instagram. I'm like, geez, it seems like every other writer is now suddenly a publisher. And I look at their stuff and I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not uh -huh. looking at the. There's a lot of rules in publishing. I don't know if you know this, but there's. Oh, I a, bet there are. I don't know the rules, rules but. And I, I, you know, I buy people's books and to support them. I'm like, oh, good Lord, you broke this rule. You broke this rule. You broke, and you oh, can do it. What's I mean, like Amazon a rule that lets you? Okay. Yeah, word. Like a copyright rule? Like, are we talking like a legal kind of a copyright mm -hmm. situation? No, no. Or just no, like what's... Uh, no. Um, you mean I'm just an example of a rule? I'll give you an example. Every, every, uh, on your right hand side of your page is is odd numbers and your evens and your evens are oh. always on your left hand 
your book yeah. does not start on page one. Never. Your yeah. Page one actually starts with your table of contents. That's actually page one. Right. Oh, okay. And that's why they have, sometimes they don't even have, they don't call it page one. They'll call it like X or something like that. They'll have yes. these Roman numerals yes, and stuff. Yes. Explain yes. to that is, wait, but why is that? But why, uh, but okay, here's interesting because, but why does it have to be like that? I think is my question. Like, why can't well, they just, I like, mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't understand something. I, when I used to have like the, the encyclopedia or whatever, I noticed like you know whatever book I'm reading, they always had that Roman numeral thing. And then okay, the page one. Why, oh, because it's a standard. Everybody. Yeah, it's like APA or MLA We're on the same. Like if you're gonna cite, I'm sorry to talk over you again, Tara. It's just it's just a format. It's just the standard that you're wearing. It's the way you're supposed to do something. If you're going to cite something in an uh, academic paper, you have to use a certain style. Wait, so... No, right. So, yeah, I know about those two. I remember the English class. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember when I was in English class, they would would always... Okay, what format are you writing in, guys? Especially in college. But here's going to be the... I'm going to quote my wife on this. Like, says who? Who says? Like, like when they say they, who's they? The Library of Congress. It's saying something, though. The American Library of Congress is who says it. And it's what that means, what? If, you follow, if you follow these, well, Andy, you can, you can certainly publish your book and not follow these rules, but I'll tell you what won't happen. No library in the United States. No, 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It's just, it's just, it, I mean, okay. Like I, I didn't mean to come off. So like I'm knocking it. No, yeah, no, okay. It should be standards. Yeah, no, no, I'm not knocking like what you're saying. I just, it's just intriguing because I'm like, oh my god, like it's so intriguing to me in that way. Like, oh god, like really, like damn. I'm like, says who? But then you're like, oh snap. Andy, this is what so, goddamn the Dewey Decimal System was for. Exactly. Wait, what? Wait, say that again. That what? The, the, du- the Dewey, Dewey Decimal, Decimal System. System. I worked it's in the just- library. It was my first job. I love libraries. Oh, that yeah, I can exactly. see that. And the reason why you knew where to go find a book for a, for a patron was because there were standards, there were rules. It's not like it's just somewhere a weird, arbitrary thing. But you know, another thing is, is there's actually an order uh, that you are supposed to put your book in your table. Contents goes in a certain place. Acknowledgements goes in a certain place. Your forward, your epilogue. There's actually ah. it's supposed to be in a certain order. And certain pages, certain of these pages can be on your, they always start on your right-hand page. And mm-hmm. some of them, it doesn't matter if it's on left or right. These are the rules. And this is the problem I have with even some small, uh, I got to be honest with you, there's mm-hmm. even some small house publishers that i see they're putting out these books and i'm like you're a publisher and you don't follow the rules that's a big deal i kind of mm-hmm. it's frustrating okay so that showcases the quality of work that they are putting you on it again i've said this before um, that's good to know podcast before mm-hmm. but like your writing itself is twofold it's the content and your grammar syntax you know it doesn't matter yes. how great of a content it is yes. if you have horrible if your audience cannot get through the syntax so now, yes, the gift and the wrapping. Yes. Now syntax now, now. can be purposeful <laughs> and used like not doesn't I'm not talking necessarily standard size grammatic English. I'm just saying you can utilize different style depending on your stuff. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is when we're talking like an essay, what you're now, saying um, and how you're wait, saying. Wait, um Angela, I'm um, Angel, hold on a second. Hold on. Let me get a word in. Let me get a word. Oh sorry, yeah. Sorry, Leah. This is where Leon and Annie gotta help. <laughs> so I was going to say, so 
and this is the thing with me, and this is why I would need um like somebody like Tara. Um, and this is a little, and this is also why I've been hesitant with publishing my own book, because the thing with me is, yes, I can write great poetry. Um, mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of great concepts for how I want um a book to go and which way I mm-hmm. want it to flow. My mm-hmm. problem is, yeah, like as was forestated, the standard of things. See, when I write, I usually when I write, um, even if I write on paper, I usually write like on on running sentences. Just like every form of poetry has like, oh, I'm a format. Like, you know, rap, for example, 16 bars verse, 16 bars verse, 16 or eight bars verse, or a bridge. You know, for me, it's just, I free flow from my consciousness and I write and then when it feels good to me to put a chorus there or when it feels good to me to stop or to put a pause there and then write again, I do. And this is why um, when it comes to me, uh, there's other styles. I I mean, I've tried to experiment, experiment with in my writing, but because my mind is like, no, write and the rest will handle itself. And so that's what happens with me. Well, Leon, that's deep. There, there's nothing wrong with with what you're talking about there. I don't think that's an issue. Uh, the mm-hmm. The only thing I would say is spelling. I that's one thing I noticed with with you personally. I notice you misspell things. That's all. Yes. That you would need is I struggle. You know what's wow. You know what's crazy. I struggle with that. And that like I I think I spoke to Angela about this a while back. I don't know. I think it was you, Angela, where I said was like the word accept. Like I always mix, I always use them wrong. I don't know if it's a c c e p t or e x c e p t. Like I always use them incorrectly. That I. Right, but how many people? Yeah, how many people actually struggle with that? I I, I always feel like I'm the only one, but no, okay, but now that no. so I I want your opinion on that. I, that's a really common. That's a really common thing I fix in people's. I don't uh, personally. I don't fix people's poetry like the way it's ordered or anything, but I will do spelling errors. And that's what I was going to um, ask Tara about, like the other side. So people who do turn in work that might have like. I, I, I'm a guilty of too many commas or a comma in the wrong spot. That's something that you would be, or publishers in general, that's an easy cleanup and people are willing to do that, right? Poetry right. is different, though. If we're talking true, about true. poetry, personally, I would never, mm-hmm. ever correct your punctuation in poetry because poetry, you put mm-hmm. commas and periods where you typically want it in an actual sentence because you're doing it for dramatic, either the way it looks or the way it mm-hmm. sounds as you're reading. This is true. Poetry has got different rules. Absolutely. Okay, like I'll use a, a hyphen. You don't have to capital. I mean, in poetry, and I often don't, there's no capitalization, but some people capitalize everything. Some people write sentences that they break up, and some people do this really flowing. Ooh. You so know, Tara, how do you know it's a stylized choice or an accident? Then, because I think I would have both. Like I would use something as a stylized choice, but then I might accidentally throw the wrong punctuation in the wrong spot just because I wasn't paying attention. If that's I was cool. reading one, that's piece, good. I might not catch it, but if I'm reading a hundred pages of your poetry. I'm going to, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty obvious. Oh, cool. Now, cool, every cool. publisher is different. There might be some who change it. There might be some mm-hmm. who won't change anything at all. I know my friend, Robert Dixon, he won't change. Mm-hmm. He's, in fact, we've had the conversation. He's like, I, he, he said, you know, you don't change anything. 
on poetry. And, po- and I like that. I mean, I get that because you're right. In poetry, there are rules, but at the same time, there are no rules. This is exactly. true. So I, I don't, I don't change other people's. I don't change it. But yeah. my editor, she does mm-hmm. do a little bit of that. That's what she's, okay. you know, paid to do. So she, she occasionally will. Um, it depends on the art, you know, the artist, and she's of working course. directly with them. So if they let her, she's going to. Interesting. No, because I was going to say with the whole commas and all that other stuff you said, very, I always find it interesting because I've read some poetry that are like what you said and then there's some that don't follow any of that stuff. And again, I'm, 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 I'm always going to have, I'm always going to mention Allen Ginsberg because that's just the perfect example. If you look at a lot of his pieces, especially like Howell, he does have no commas. Everything, I mean, he has no periods. Everything is comma, comma, comma. And then at the very end of the poem, he'll just have that one period and that's it. And I always found that intriguing because when I was in school, I was always taught stanza. Okay. You know, however that looks. Okay. If you want to bring another point, then it's another stanza. And I, and I, I used to think, oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. But then, and then when I talked to, right. But then when I talked to other poets or I've, I've, cause I've talked to other poets in the Instagram realm as well. And they said, well, I mean, it's whatever you want it to be. If you want to be honest, but I'm just like, I was always taught in English class stanza, whatever. If you want a, a different thought per stanza, that's the way I was taught. But then when I had another English teacher, it was a whole different thing. And I'm like, okay, wait, I'm confused now. So that's where it gets interesting with that. So I'm glad we're having that particular conversation because I've always been confused about structure and pieces and stuff like that. Because sometimes my pieces will be stanzas. Sometimes my pieces are just like Allen Ginsberg-ish. So I, what I, one thing I can say is, um, I, when I was first sharing my poetry online, uh, like six years ago or so, I had some of the best feedback I had. These are just random people. You know, they don't know me. I don't know them. And they're just like, hey, nobody wants to read a wall of words. And I'm like, well, that's the way I'm writing it. You know, it's like, you know, da, da, da. And then I thought, you know, but hey, if the reader can't, if they can't get there, well, then why? Why share it then? Why not just keep it in your notebook at home? And so now I I recognize and as I've grown as an, an artist, as a poet, to sometimes break it up to what feels natural to me personally when I write I read it out loud to myself and wherever the natural breaks are that's where I break it um not you know everybody has their own style but you know to say that you have to break up your stanzas a certain way that is a type of writing it's not right or wrong it's like painting you know there's no right way or wrong way to paint and you know you might look at the way somebody's painting and go that's not the way you hold your brush or that's not the way you dab the paint or something but then you can look at the finished product and realize it can be a beautiful thing. It doesn't really matter the style. Um, there's, you know, everybody has their own, so there's no right way or wrong way. Lots of commas, no commas, capitalization, no capitalization, special symbols, no special symbols, a wall of poetry or broken down into, you know, two to four stanzas. I mean, there's no right or wrong way at all. It, in my mind, it's art. That's just it. I agree. I like that. It's art. That's just it. Cut. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect way to just really wrap that stuff up for sure. I love that. It's art. That's just it. That that's deep. So, um, Tara, you were speaking earlier about when you were writing your own poetry. One thing that you like to do is you like to read your own work to yourself out loud as a way mm-hmm. to figure out where your natural breaks are. I use mm-hmm. like a an on like a reader speak 
like a speak app or a rewrite Google. And I always play my work back to me because I always will write the wrong word when I'm thinking ahead. So that always helps me. Mm-hmm. Are there any other like publisher or writer tips out there that are, that have been really helpful for you or that you've given to other writers that have been like, Tara, thank you for this tip. Uh, mostly to just kind of get out of your way and to just write it and then go back over it. I always recommend going back and rereading your stuff. I know a lot of people like to just write it and post it sort of a thing. And that's cool to a certain extent. But if you, I think it's really important when we're sharing our work that you put some care and attention to your readers. If you don't want to take the time and, and make it, put some effort into correcting your spelling, making it maybe look somewhat nice, making sure it makes sense you know, trying to say what you're trying to say. If you don't want to put the effort into that for your readers, why should your readers put their time into reading your work? Wow. That's kind of where I'm at with it. It's hard because, again, poetry, in my opinion, is art. And so there's no right or wrong way. But again, somebody who just, you know, doesn't want to put the effort and time in. I don't know why any why you would expect anyone to put any time into reading your stuff. And in fact, I often, you know, as I, I only have so much time in the day, I can only follow and read so many things. So it's like, if I've come across someone, I see they don't care. Well, then I don't care about taking the time, you know, my time is precious, you know, so I'm not going to waste my time on subpar anything. Now, to me I could read something and it's subpar and Leon could read it and be like this is the most outstanding thing I've ever read in my entire mm-hmm. life and that's okay not mm-hmm. everybody is gonna like Tara Caribou's writing not everybody's gonna like Andy's mm-hmm. writing not everybody's right. gonna like no. Leon's or Angela's or anybody's right. writing Absolutely. that's okay that's another thing it's like I could sit here and mope and say oh you know I, I, I read this person all the time and they never once like, they don't read my stuff. Well, that's fine. Maybe I don't write a style they like. That's okay. Just, it's perfectly fine. What's um, everything so in perspective, kind of, does it? I kind of went off to a tangent there. but No, it's okay. No, it just works. puts things in a perspective. Your artwork is what we're putting out there. So you can tell the difference between somebody that, is putting their art out there with care versus somebody who's just slapping something out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think and so. Again, and it doesn't mean like it's not the length or the vocabulary. It's not necessarily the grammar or mm-hmm. it's just you can, you can tell the difference between somebody who's putting something out because it means something versus putting something out there because they're just trying to put something out there. And I think right. that's really what you're trying to get at. That's, and, we can't feed the machine. We got to really feed the art. And that's the point exactly. that I think we're trying to make here. This isn't an and, advertising scheme. This is a collection of artists and this collaborators. Is yeah. yeah. Amen. I think you said, Angela, on, well, I think you were talking to Greg and you said, um, you know, let's be honest. It, the Our poetry, poems are always a work in progress. Like yeah. we're always reworking them. And I agree with that. I can pick up something I wrote five years and go, oh, good Lord, I can't believe I, you know, did this. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll rewrite next generation it and like next that. generation and next generation. I don't think ever any piece of writing is ever truly completed. That's just mm. my personal. That's I agree. Word. And then you have those poems you wrote, or those writings you've written, and then you forgot you wrote it, and then you look back on it, and you're like, "Whoa, I made this." <laughs> I made yeah, this. it's it's, it's true. Truly, it's, 
I do that all the time because I write in the middle of the night a lot of times when I'm half asleep and I'll wake up in the morning and look at my apps or something and be like, what? <laughs> I don't remember. But me. what is this? <laughs> but it's but it's intriguing to, to think about that because I remember one time I was having a conversation with Brian Edwards a while back and he said even though – there's certain times in your life that you know um that you know you wrote certain things you don't remember but it's just a reminder hey this that's what you were at the time that you wrote that and i remember yes. robert charbonneau said mm-hmm. even though it feels like it, it's not from outside but it feels like it's from outside but even though it's really from you but it feels like it's from outside because you don't think you can even write the way you write sometimes and it's, it's because you're not who you were yes when you wrote that you're not that person that you were 10 minutes ago or three years ago or 20 days ago you're a different person now you're the sub you know your experiences and everything so you wrote it but it is kind of outside of you because that's you wrote that then you won't write that now yeah Tara you're so right but gosh dang it the 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 part of me wants to fight you tooth and nail and be like I want to stay the same I don't want to change change is bad oh god don't be like don't be like Joey from Friends (laughs) hey you promised God we're not gonna be old (laughs) but change is part of the human experience this is true you know and, and here's the thing it's like is this thing with change um there's the saying goes, people fear what they don't often understand. And here's the, the truth of the matter is, adding on to that is, we fear our own selves because when we get out of our comfort zones, we fear who are we going to become? Because we realize that this progression that we go into, that we're really not in full control of everything we think we are. So when something switches up, that's not part of the plan or original format that we have envisioned, that we have man- manifested to ourselves. It's a complete turbulence of what is going on in my life, what is going on with my mind, why am I acting the way I'm acting, and either, whether it's an outside force or an internal force. Change, mm. change us all up. You know now, what? You That's good. Great unknown. That is good. That's good. situation. I think, you know what? Wow. After the... So That's much good. Time has passed in that change is when mm-hmm. you really do feel that clarity. But when it first happens, gosh, you feeling so horrible about that change. It, oh, it's, it's like a the roller coaster. It is a it's a roller coaster ride. You're going upside down, around, don't going down a big hill, and you're just like, I am going to die right now. This is it. And then you're like, okay, it's not so bad. And then and then mm-hmm. everything just goes fast, <laughs> and you feel like your life is flashing before you, and you know. That's why I'm making that analogy because um, that's what it's like when change happens. And pretty much, you know, this whole life is, it's, it's, it's a leap of faith. This whole experience of life is a leap of faith. And a bunch of us kind of piece puzzles together because none of us really got to figure it out. And every single time we say we have it figured out, we really don't. No, <laughs> that's yeah, no, that's one thing I've learned when we tell ourselves we got this. We really don't got this. Like, it's so true what you said. You, you know, there's a, there's a um, saying that goes, man makes plans and God laughs. And, you know, I call that um, um, cosmic humor or God's cosmic humor because... Um, We'll do things, and then when things don't go our way or things will go in our way, but if you look back on it in a comedic way, you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, haha. <laughs> you thought that was the plan, but it really isn't. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I laugh, otherwise I'd be crying. So I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You, you do the fake laugh. Ha ha ha. Oh God! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. What did you want to add on to that, Tara? Mm-mm, no. Oh. <laughs> no. This is. This is good. This is great. You understand? I mean this with Jess. With Tara's vision, she already knows what's about to happen, y'all. So she's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please understand that was a joke. Right. Hyperbole. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. why no added is needed. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, um, you know, I mean, we really learned a lot tonight. Oh yeah, oh, yeah like uh, like I mean about publishing, Ow. about the way art is, and you know, just if I can also add, yeah, creativity is it's it's objective. It's objective. You know, they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's the yeah. same way. I mean, there's some people who look at my art and or look at my um, creative writing. They 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 absolutely think I'm I'm garbage. Okay, and I'm like okay, whatever. And there's some what? people who yes, yeah, yeah. That's and not yeah, their I mean, place I've literally had people. I've literally. Uh, had you have like, gotten. Um... I've had people unfollow me. I've had people block me. I've had people just like you and know. Uh, reminds me of my I guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. I think let we all them. have Liam. You know? Yeah, of course. We all have. Everybody, oh yeah. Everybody haters are gonna hate. We know that. So let them mm-hmm. and let your art speak for itself. You can't worry mm-hmm. about anybody else. Your art is beautiful and we need more Leon in our lives. I think we said that earlier. Let's say it again. Yep. We need more Leon in our feet. Exactly. Yes. The, love you, yeah. you, in our feet. you gotta do that. You gotta do that body thing too. Mm-hmm. I've actually I've actually been down on that because so I, I, I feel like um it's a gift and a curse, and I'm, I've been trying to let my words speak more. Yes, that's great that you're into the transition, but I definitely agree with Andy that we do miss some of that positive imagery. Yeah. The powerful, because it, it was powerful, and that's important that power gets out there. Especially the one with the, especially the one with the Black Lives Matter one. That was oh, really good. God. That was a very powerful one. I really enjoyed that one. Now, 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 I, is that the one you're talking about, the poem you always talk about? Do you see me? That was the one where, like, it had to, like, the, um, where I was, like, putting my hands up and. Yes. I had, like, ink, 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 I had ink blotches all over me and I said, Do you see me? Yeah, I believe that, so. That one, cause that one, remember, you, you, you had a picture of yourself, the body art, whatever, and you had it in black and white, and then you had that piece on there. Like, I remember, I'll never forget that piece. That's why I always bring it up. Do you see me? Because. Oh, actually, now, talk about that, um, because we're not on Instagram live but we're we're on a different um platform i actually can pull i can actually pull that poem up i can actually oh, will pull you be that... able to perform that right now yes but i would All be right. a miss. i would be a miss because this is um tara's um, interview um but i know tara wanted to say something to Leon. <laughs> it's true i don't i don't want to you know i don't want to steamroll like okay let me jump in so, um, I want to be respectful. I'm terrible. Would you um, like to um, hear of uh, my piece? It's called um, Do You See Me? <laughs> I do remember that one, but yes. Uh-huh. But Tara, you say something be... earlier, too? Oh, uh, well, Leon, while you're pulling that up, I was going to yeah. say, you know, 
in terms of like your body art and stuff, which is one thing I super respect you about because um, I, we kind of joke around around here because I always call myself a partial nudist because yeah. I, I don't really particularly care for clothing. And, well, you're um, on the wilderness. And, well, and here's the thing. Well, I did it when I lived in the city too. So. Oh, cool. Well, good for you. Good for you. Um, the thing is, I just don't really care that much. But um, mm-hmm. the problem that I came across, and I know that Leon has the same stuff that comes at him, is there's this, there's all these people who, when you're not afraid to be yourself and just be like, hey, this is what I'm comfortable with. I used to share my art. Mm-hmm. on um online as well and um my nude art let's put it that way and cool. um people um people then they they suddenly think that gives them a badge or a right to say or act certain ways and i had just like leon has you know haters as you want to call it people yep. who would come and they'd be like you're disgusting and all these That's other things incredible. they would say you know I hello but I don't understand this. So that's okay. So it's okay to watch porn, but it's not okay to like put an artistic well, we thing. Well, well, first of all, we don't know the people that are saying it's No, 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 no. Well, what I'm saying, no, no. But what I'm saying is like, no, but what? No, but you get, but but what I'm trying to get yeah. at is okay. But why is that okay? Yeah. But this is not okay, and yeah. you're just doing artistic here's, here's stuff. What I want to say, this is what's not okay. You can have an opinion, positive or negative. What's not okay is expressing an opinion that is destroying somebody else, which has nothing to do with you personally. Exactly. Like that's what I don't understand why they're having such a personal reaction where they need to have. A, again, I understand that this they, happens, and, and Angela, I understand that people feel comfortable you know, behind a screen. Yeah, it's interesting you say happens. that. Yes, yeah, I had. I had. Um, this one lady in particular and to the point I actually had to bring the um, you when you have problems online you actually um, have to go through the FBI for it mm-hmm. you yeah have to, that's how they do it because it's across state lines and all that anyways um, she became very very um, just horrible she was sending me messages and oh, telling damn. Me she told me to go kill myself and a bunch of other things because she's quite literally crazy. But um, well, yeah, I would say. Wow. I remember she she um, had comment. Of course, on WordPress, you know, you can make it so like I can see the comments but not approve mm-hmm. of them. So I see them come right. in, and so she would always write these things. And of course, I see them come in. Her comments come in, and she was just like she was like saying how disgusting I am and how gross I am, and I, and I was like. Then why are you looking at my website? Right. This like, is true. Nobody hmm. look at my website. Nobody makes you read my art. Nobody makes you look at any of this. Why are you coming at me like this? I don't even know you. I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. All I why know is that you're that a psycho. So offensive. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. That's again, where I'm at. And this is where the, my thing is like with Leon. You know, like people or or they think that oh now I can be super sexual with you or something. And it's like listen, exactly. that's not my thing. I'm like Leon. I believe that our bodies are works of art, and there's yeah, nothing I, to be yeah. ashamed of. Yeah. I've been saying now, that. Now, does that mean right. that you just, you know, make yourself all grody and, you know, whatever? No. What all I'm saying <laughs> is, is that we're our bodies are a work of art, and you know what I like beautiful. to do is write poetry and put it artistically over mm-hmm. top of my pictures of my body yeah. and stuff. And there were a lot of people who appreciated it, and then there were some people who hated it, and then there were yeah. some gross people out there too. And this yeah. is right, one exactly. reason why this why I like Leon because he's not weird about it he's just like listen I'm a living canvas every year for his birthday I write him a poem 
you know, yeah. for a living canvas poem, because that's what he is, you know, this, it, the, the, what I really appreciate it. And it, it's like, why do people have to come at you about it? Why not just go, if it was me, and I didn't like what Leon was sharing, I'd be like, unfollow. I wouldn't even tell him. I'd just be like, no, exactly. My friend. But if I saw something I don't like online, I just don't look at it. How hard is that? But you know what sucks though? But God forbid you say that. Oh no. Oh, you can't even say shit like that. Cause all of a sudden you're like, oh, but, but why you, why you gotta say that? You know, like they get all stupid about it. I'm like, are you kidding me? But you shouldn't be looking at my thing in the begin with. Like, like jump off. Like my whole thing is bro. Like you grown, like jump off. Here was the thing with me. Here was the thing with me. Like, so I know how I am artistically and creatively and how my mind works. So it was always the conflict of, um, I'm, I still, I'm getting over it now. And, you know, as I'm getting older, but like mm-hmm. always, um, I called it the people pleaser syndrome. Oh, they don't like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just yeah. Stop. But then also it was a fact of, you know, um, the conflict with, um, you know, my faith as well, you know, mm-hmm. not wanting to offend anybody. And then, you know, cause a lot of times I, I would get DMs like, you know, you're not, you, you're not really a real Christian and everything. And then like, I would literally have people screenshot my stuff and put me on blast. And then, and then of course, you know how that happens. It'd be like the hive mindset where other people were, that I didn't even mm-hmm. know. And then like they, and then all of a sudden I would, And yeah, it's out it, of context too. It's, it's, exactly. It's a pretty so different that's manipulation of topic and concept when you have no context. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very damaging. Exactly. Very so damaging then, to what happened to you, Leon, and I'm so, there as well. So I'm yeah, obviously so then, I'm so sorry that you guys had to go through that. Me. So then that's why if you guys notice I've been a long time and you pretty much don't even see it on my page anymore. I just mm-hmm. completely revamped my poetry page and I just I haven't posted anything new like that or Oh yeah, I pulled all my stuff down. Oh yeah, yeah. I I did too. I took a bunch of stuff. I took hundreds of posts off. I used to yeah. post almost every day. Yeah, I, I went through one day and I just went and I just removed it all. And I was just like, wow. I'm done. You know, it's not worth it. And to that's me the if, power. If I'm getting stressed from it. And it's stressful and it's unnecessary stress. But I agree. A bunch of people that you don't know personally, but again. You are able to control that influx into your life by taking it down. So you're taking control of it by doing that. And I think that's maybe the right move from hearing from the two of you. However, I don't, I'm not, I don't think that they won in this regard, but I do hate the fact that, do you feel like this is a censorship or you feel like this is just a, um, uh, like a, a caveat, kind of a pivot to the changing just a little bit? For me, or it's a it, mixture of both. Like a, Mm-hmm. It's a mix of okay. both. You feel like you because of this. All right, that's because good. Parts of me that still do want to do that, but like after all that happened, it literally affected the way I um, create. Like I used to yeah. always constantly have because I used to always have like, oh, let me do this, let me do that, let me do this, let me do that, let me do this, mm-hmm. let me do that, and that doesn't even strike me. Like I, that's why, and also affecting my writing. That's why my writing is wow. Um, you yeah, know my what's crazy? You I know, don't write as much as I do. I was very prolific. Like you guys, were, like anyone who remembers me within mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 2018 to 2021, I was writing like every other day. Like, oh, Leon got another post? Oh, Leon has another post? Yeah. And it just stopped, if you notice, towards the um, middle end of 2021. 
But you know what's crazy about that? How it had to take a few, like a bunch of people, a few people in order for you to do that. And that's sus because that reminds me of a conversation I had with my wife. Actually, today, there's this one girl, right? Um, it's not poetic, but it's, it's, it relates to the same thing that you guys are talking about. Her name was Rachel and she does this, you know, stuff for kids, you know, for autistic kids. And she, you know, does these videos where, you know, showing you know lip reading and all this other stuff and a f- i think it was like a few people that started sending her like stupid messages but because of those messages it affected her mental health now now she's afraid to even like do anything like that she she feels like just giving up and it sucks like are you kidding me she's doing and and she's just doing it for the right reasons because she wants to help autistic kids but all you like like who are you to go on someone and do that same thing with it who were they to do that to you that's your art that's your masterpiece like how dare you like it's like it's like what tara says you don't like it unfollow you can block me i don't care this is how i write this is how i do art but why is it okay for certain things but it's like it should be a double standard if that's the case okay if you don't like it fine whatever it is what it is we have to make them and it pisses me off for those who disagree guess what be uncomfortable i don't care anymore that's how i feel and I think I speak for all of us. I think I speak for all of us um, in this room when I say that, like, as artists, like, we're, we're sensitive souls. And you know what I mean? Yeah. When we um, when we pour into our art, we're pouring out, like, pieces of our essence. So when someone, yeah. like, you're stabbing our very essence, you know? You're yeah. attacking what makes and I love, yeah. And I love, I love that you said that, Leon, because Angela, again, and please don't joke with this one because you did it at Greg's thing. <laughs> but um, oh, remember that line. Remember that line with with author. <laughs> You're gonna say you don't know. No, no, <laughs> no. But even, <laughs> but even Arthur said it. That's what I say. I, I mean, Arthur, if you're listening, you know, we mentioned you a lot, but that's because you've had some good topics and points to make. But anyway. Um, he even said when people write, sometimes they just do it because it's cool, not because they're really, okay, they really want to express stuff. What we do is because we really love what we do. We love to express. We love to just pour our heart out there because somebody else might relate. But when everybody else wants to jump on the bandwagon because it's cool, then it's like, you know, it's those people that I feel like, oh, that's not what it's supposed to be. No, but how do you, what do you know? And it's crazy well, again, to me. It's like, all it takes is a few people to like ruin it. It sucks. It right. sucks ass. We have to take that power away. Um, we had somebody be inappropriate in one of our lives right away, and we just treated that person like they were weird, and they stopped immediately. And again, that doesn't work necessarily, but it's tough because we teach our, you know, our women, and not just women, but like we teach our women, we got to cover up. Because- For me personally, I look at it as a positive in the end. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to take what somebody meant for evil and for bad, and I'm going to turn it into something good. I don't mind that I've had a a change of a page. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a better person, a better woman, a better creator for having, because I I got wrapped up into it, and and I know Leon can attest to this too, but you get wrapped up into certain aspects of it that can become Mm -hmm. easily very toxic. True, true, true. Once I took the emotional, once I took the emotional side out of it, and I stepped back and looked and said, you know what? I like what I'm creating without that aspect. I don't look at it as a negative. I think that one lady in particular is a complete mm-hmm. psycho. That's that crazy. I don't, I don't really care. So she, you don't, don't think that's what's censorship to you. So you feel like this was more of a pivoting uh, opportunity 
to kind of absolutely I, I take it as an opportunity to I take it as an opportunity to grow as a person you know now I went super I super spiraled down anybody who's talked to me for any length of time knows that I got super depressed I really was contemplating suicide quite a bit you don't you have no idea what this woman put me through i I do remember there was a couple there was a couple people there was one lady on instagram who was going and messaging people and saying all this stuff about me even though literally we've Mm. had one conversation i because she worked with one of my authors and so i had Mm. to talk to her and i i asked her a question about the book she answered me. I said, okay, thanks. That's literally the only thing I've ever talked to this woman. She's going and going behind and messaging all these people and saying, wow. oh, Tara, what this, Tara, that. The... She wow. doesn't even know her. Crazy. You wow. know, and it, that really got me, you know, because I'm like, what did I of ever course. do to her? I of course. I never course. did anything to her. You know, why, why, does she, why doesn't she just block me? Why? I don't get it. She never said a single, she never said, hey, I, I have a question. It never approached me. She just went, and I had multiple, I can, I can name right up right now, 12 people on Instagram who contacted me and said, Hey, so-and-so saying this about you. Is that true? And I'm like, no, what are you what? talking about? Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. And the, you know, so I've had all these things and I just go, you know what I can sit in, now I have OCD. So I have, mm-hmm. you know, I have these like repetition of thoughts. I can get really hung up on things and I have super low self-esteem. Same here. And so I'm sitting there. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, getting yeah. really bogged down with it. And then I had to one day, I just had to really, okay, I got to take the emotions out of it and look at this. Who cares about me? My kids care about me. My yeah. partner cares about me, this, that, or mm-hmm. the other. And I can go, you know what? I don't care what these people think. I don't care what they say. And I'm I'm going to make something. I'm going to become better for this. Okay, so that means I'm going to, so I, I changed direction. I like the direction I'm going in right now. You know, I love I'm, that. I'm having some really good, contact with people and stuff like that so I you know I don't really care I'm like well I used to do that and I actually really enjoyed doing that but there are certain aspects I didn't really care for and I'm glad I feel like I'm a better person for not doing any of that anymore because you know that's huge it can lead you down a bad path I've definitely had issues with Instagram in the past with people in general but like where it's affected my mental health where I had to take breaks away from it just to check with myself, but that's not what I wanted to go with this. Tara, like, this is the perfect time to say like, what's next for you? Because you are looking forward to like this amazing, you know, rebirth with your recalibration and how you really love the direction you're going in just professionally. What are you working on now? Are you working with some word? Like, the world wants Greg's to know. Book. Like we just, we just had Greg's book come out. We just had Brandon's book come out. Like what else is happening with you? Uh-huh. Yeah, I have, uh, let's see, currently on the docket, I've got like six books in the works. Um, uh, you'll be talking to Braden Michaels, I think, in mm-hmm. a day or two. Yep. This, um, this Friday, yes. This yeah. is his uh, sixth book with him. I know Braden. I've known him for a long time. Um, and... So this is going to be a really awesome interview on Friday, too, then. Yes. Your, your people yeah. have been excellent. I love Brayden. He's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. So wow, that's I thought I'm I was a favorite. Oh, I'm going to give him the one point. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm hoping to be in the live with you guys, or you know, to listen in. I'm hoping I'm hoping I can oh, cool. listen in. But um, so I I really really enjoy publishing people's books. There's like 
man, I cannot ex- describe you. It feels better than even putting out my own books, which is wow. fun. And I like doing it, but I love working with people. I love putting out their books. The whole process of it I feel really it. makes me, it just makes me feel so good. So I have, you know, I have a, a few books coming down the pike here. Hopefully get some more people coming in soon, but, um, any new anthology. Yeah, word. Yeah, any new anthologies coming out? Because then, then that'll give me inspiration to like, okay, I got it, and I'm not gonna mess up like I did with the cosmic one. <laughs> oh my um, god, no, no, no prompts, Angela. Cosmic. Sorry, no prompts. He did I'm not. About that one. <laughs> Leon did not. I nagged him on book on on creation in the cosmos, and he did not get his stuff in on time. Oh, that's Leon, why no. not in that one. Come on, man. I considered doing the anthology thing. It, it's there's a couple things of why I haven't pursued it. One is mm-hmm. um, anthologies for a publisher. You put a ton of time and money into it, and um, and they're yeah, really yeah. fun to do when they're done. Man, like Creation of Cosmos is be- it's a gorgeous book. I've put out uh, six anthologies to date. And it's, you know, I love every single one of them. They're really fun, but I found that, well, first of all, I really like doing the short story ones more than the poetry and art ones and Mm -hmm. finding authors for short stories where they want to actually participate is really difficult to do. Oh, Um, it's difficult to get them to meet deadlines. It's difficult to get them to, you know, I feel like I'm nagging and nagging. And then I'm, then I'm like the mom, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Wants to be the mother. That's poetry anthology. Like you have to probably contact and be in cahoots with so many different personas and personalities. And some people are type, type, type A and some people are like me, very type B. Like what? What do you need? Yeah, they're they're fun to do. It's just that so many other people are doing them that it's that kind of, and I'm like, okay, I don't know, Leon, you've been in uh, several anthologies. I mean, is it for, for you? Now I've, also been published in other people's anthologies does it feel good like do you feel like it's your book and um, your so anthology like, too right a, but, yes you know, this is fun. true yes um yeah. no no go oh, no no Andy, you are no so i, I just did. no no okay wait who wants to go first because i'm like go leon 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 my fault my fault no that's okay <laughs> so so um you know it's funny like i i um even though it's an anthology the the most important one to me feels like um poet symphony and like um you know and that one even though there's a whole bunch of poet it, it feels like my creation now there are other ones i'm a part of um mm-hmm. that don't i'm like okay this is his and i'm just a guest um but that's okay so i guess it depends on like the format of the book mm-hmm. and um i guess the relationship I have um, with who's whoever is publishing it. Like there's like there's a few um, ones where I'm like, okay, there's a different bu- bunch of people in this too, but I feel like it's mine. And there's other ones where, like I'm the guest star, you know. <laughs> no, I, I get that. That makes sense. Um, and to answer that's your... my yeah, that's my feeling about it as well from my own perspective. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. Um, Andy, are you? Yeah. Are you in? 
Yeah, no, no. Okay, so, um, yeah, no, no. I it just recently. So, no, no. So this was like a while back. So I have I had submitted a piece to this place called Silent Spark Press, right? So they had these eBooks that you know that you could do subscriptions. So my piece, um, from your youngest son, which was a poem by my dad, was featured in that subscription thing, which I you know you could download it or whatever, um. You know, and you could choose, you know, whether you want to continue or you just want to just download that book. And I said, all right, cool. And then so I got a text. Is that like an easing? Is that like just more like an easing than I an think, actual? No, no. So, yeah, no, no. I'm going to get to that. And then, um, okay. so it started off there. And then I got a text message from the maybe like a couple of months later say, hey, um, we have this anthology called Beautiful Poetry Volume 33. And we want to feature your piece, which is the same piece I submitted. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. That's great. And it just came out March 20th. So that's my first actual, um, that's my first actual thing that got published in a compilation that's outside of Instagram because they don't have a thing, um, on Instagram. I mean, they have a thing on Facebook, but their main thing is like on their website. So that was like outside of, mm-hmm. um, Instagram. And that's because I found that through Submittable. That's the reason why I found that. Right. Oh, Tara, okay. what's your opinion on Submittable versus uh, Patreon? <laughs> Do you have an opinion on those? Well, no, but those isn't that, isn't that two different things though? Because Submittable is when you're submitting stuff, yeah, and then yeah, Patreon is your. It's like a social media for you, low technically, no? Yeah. I understand. Um, I actually used to be a patron on Patreon, so I had mm-hmm. follow- multiple people that I did pay to see their art. And I really mm-hmm. loved it. I actually closed my Patreon down when Patreon um, in 2020 was closing down a bunch of people's accounts on there because oh, they damn. didn't like what they were saying politically. Oh. And I have a big oh. problem with Oh, that. wow. Expression is yes. one of the most important um, things. It's not a right. It's it's like, you know, it's it's <laughs> you can't take a human's freedom of expression away. And so um, when Patreon did that, I shut my account down. I was like, I'm not because they get money for it too. And I'm like, I'm not supporting Mm -hmm. Patreon in any way, shape or form. It's one reason why I'm a huge believer in WordPress over Wix. It's the same thing. I was just about to ask you. WordPress is all about freedom of expression. They will not take your page down, even if it's very questionable content. They believe in that. And what you write is your own content. Wix, on the other hand, specifically says if they don't like your content, they can take it down anytime they want. Mm. I have a big problem. Get the heck out of here. So, I do that. So, um, anyways. Uh, I mean, that is protecting things that, that's, you know, that's, that's protecting, I think, words that's against what, you know, again, like, that goes both ways the, when it comes to uh, freedom of, uh, you know, the spoken word. So, so I like that it's, that it's not controlled by anybody, then it's the person is, it's their own words, whether you like them or not, whether you agree with it or not, it's their exactly. words, and nobody's going to modify that or, and that's what right. Amen. Like. So I, I did used to do, um, Patreon now submittable. That is where you mm-hmm. can sub, uh, both right. publishers and writers can go on there that you can search and see if there's something you could submit to. I personally do not like submittable. Okay, um, it's just I do know that there's plenty of other publishers who prefer to do it that way. To me, it's very impersonal. You don't buy it. Okay, I do not use I- submittable. I I have looked into it because I was, in fact, I had someone say, hey, why don't you use Submittable for 
your next anthology and that would probably really help. And I said, but then I'm not, it's too impersonal. I Mm -hmm. write every Mm -hmm. single person personally. I have a personal relationship with with every Mm -hmm. person. I talk to them and everything. Wow. That's That's important to me. Yeah, That's deep. And so I'm not, I'm not a robot. You're not a robot. I'm not going to treat mm-hmm. you like one. And I'm going to treat you as if you're in my living or you're in my kitchen and I'm serving you apple pie while we're talking about your book. Now that's, wow. that is, uh, can I say it, Leon? Should I say it now or later? Please say your line. I'm gonna say yes. Now that's a sexy situation right there. And I, my wife is probably gonna be like, I hate when you say that. Cause my wife hates when I say that. I annoy the crap out of my wife when I say that. But that is a sexy, sexy situation. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying that other people who use submittable are wrong. I'm saying right. it's not my way. It's not I me like personally. I'm gonna sit there. And if you submit a book to me, I'm going to say, if, if it's say it's not very clean or something like that, I'm going to say, well, what are you trying to, what story are you trying to tell? Or what's the point of this? Talk, talk to me about this. You know, I'm going to read your other work. I'm going to go look at your website or your Instagram or wherever you post. And I'm going to look at that because see, I only publish people I personally believe in. If I don't think and and I have the right, that's, it's my business. I have the right wow, to say, yeah. I don't want to work with. I only want to work with people who want to work with me. So, and I actually have one author where I said to them, because it seemed like they weren't liking working with me. And I gave them an ultimatum. And I said, listen, if you don't want to work with me, let's tear up this contract and we'll be done with it. And I said, no hard hard feelings. We'll just say that we're not working together. And he came back and said, no, actually, um, no, we're, we're good. We're good. You know? And I said, all right. Wow. Because if you, and I and if one of That's my good. authors, we have contracts, but mm-hmm. if That's important. I'm glad say, you mentioned that. you know, say Greg or someone said, you know what, Tara, I'm not liking how this is working out. Can you, will you unpublish my book while legally I could say, no, I have the right to keep, we've signed a contract. I would say, oh, yeah, sure. Here's and, your, here's your book what, back. Go publish it with someone else. I don't care because and, we're people. We're not contracts. We're not pieces yeah. of paper. We have hearts. We have feelings. And we change. Yeah. That's another thing. Maybe you like working with me and then you find out maybe you don't want to work with me anymore. Well, then you have the right to say to me, listen, Tara, I'm not, you know, I don't like where your company's going. I don't like how this is working out. Okay. It's no hard feelings on my part. I don't mind. You know, well, that, that's as far okay. as everybody... As far as everybody we've spoken to that have had books come out by your, you know, wonderful working habits and relationships. Yeah, it's been nothing but positive. Incredible things. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible things about you. And And I think that really comes from that aspect that you are human. You treat us like humans. And if Caribou publishes your work, she fucking believes in you. And I will say, personally, from my own personal experience, every time I've worked with Tara, like if I ever, and I can say this personally, if ever I had a question, if ever I was confused, um, whether it came to like um, royalties or just um, the type of format or any other things that she needed or that I needed to feel comfortable, um, Tara has always been an open door to say, hey, you know, if you have, and she's always said, hey, if you have any questions, if you're not sure, if you're uncomfortable, reach out mm-hmm. to me. Let's talk about it. And yeah. I've, that wholeheartedly because there's so many people like that you know publishers as she was saying before that they will not do that with you you will just have to mm-hmm. figure it out find it out yes. or like, yeah that's so true I'm what not, you're saying i'm not like that and that's good you know it's good to know that 
they can go to a publisher like yourself and know, okay, then there is some real intimacy. And, you know, intimacy, I think, comes in different shapes and forms. So I feel like this is a form of intimacy mm-hmm. that you're building that bond, that relationship with your client. Because, yeah, you're not just a client. You're someone that I believe in. That's why I said yes to you kind of thing. Same thing with what Greg was saying. Mm-hmm. He said, you know what? I want to publish your piece. And I think that's, like, even Greg said it. Like, you're building that trust, you know? And that's important. I feel like a lot of businesses fail at that these days i feel like a lot of businesses mm-hmm. don't really know what that is anymore and i don't know if it's lost it's rather it's distorted and it sucks that this is what it's come down mm-hmm. to you know so it's good that you are like that you know and i and i will say to anybody that's listening if you are considering publishing i know that some of the, you know, all of us have been considering what are we going to do with our own work i mean we're really hearing from you uh, that real personal aspect that you know I am going to do what it takes and I'm going to be honest and I'm really fighting for you and it's real. And I felt that from you when you said that helping like, you know, Braden Michaels and, you know, Greg Manzi and of course, you know, Brandon, you know, white that you felt so good helping them achieve their goals. It was almost better than making your own dreams come true. And I felt yeah. that. Yeah, and that's the same kind of like any educator and stuff like that. It's all about pushing that next group forward so they get more advanced. The next group gets more advanced, and we all are working together. Like Terry, that I really feel that from you, and I Mm -hmm. hear that a lot of these box places or even some of our small publishing houses, they don't feel that same way. Yeah, I really appreciate you, and that might work for for everything you said. Yeah, that that might work for some people. I I have one author. He's a vanity publisher. He's got. I don't know, 11 or 12 books out and everyone's from a different publisher. And that's just how he mm-hmm. is. He doesn't really communicate or anything. And that's yeah. okay. That's what he wanted to do. And that's, again, he doesn't care if it's a personal, he goes, I said, how do you think about, how do you feel about this cover? And he goes, yep, looks good. And that was, <laughs> you know, uh, see, okay. Like I get it. I, I get it, but I, I remake the cover 20 times. So. Yeah, like, I get it, but I don't get it. I get it because, okay, I guess he figured he don't want to hurt no one's feelings, but I don't get it because I'm like, okay, because let's say the cover is legitimately trash, and then you're, you're pretty much lying to me saying, like, okay, yes. it's good, and it's like, okay, but what if it's yes. really not good? Like, it's like saying, yes. like, with the rapper, like, okay, like, you said, people say, oh, you're a good rapper, but then I hear you, and I think you, I don't think you're that good, but yes. if I don't tell you, that's messed up because I'm lying, lying to you to and I'm being dishonest with you. I'm not being truthful exactly. to you. I'm not being true to myself. And, you know, it doesn't by... just it doesn't just hurt the other person. It hurts you, too. If you're lying to somebody to, quote unquote, spare their feelings, you're actually burning something inside of yourself as well. I don't see Woo! lying in line. I Preach! think there's a nice way to say something. But, you know, if someone says, you know, and I've had to do this, it's not the easiest thing to do. I had one lady send me her manuscript in it. And I said, I had to sit down and write a very nice letter to her and say, listen, you're calling it this, but it's actually this. You really, you know, there's a lot of work you'd need to do before I'd consider publishing this. And I tried to give her some pointers of what I would personally look for in it or whatever. But it's hard to sit there and sit there and, and tell someone the truth. But listen, if you can't just tell everyone they can do anything. You know, sometimes you got to say, well, yeah, you know, maybe practice every baby. Everybody's baby is beautiful, but there are some ugly babies out there. <laughs> wow. Of all yeah. things you could have exactly. used as an analogy, Angela. Oh, my God. But I get you. Sorry, I get I you. 
the thing is, you know, I'm sensitive. I've made book covers for people and they're like, no, I don't like that. It's not what I want, not my vision. And that's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I want that. And I say, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. If I can get a feel for what you like, we're going to work together as a team. But if you sit here, I don't, my whole goal is that when, the, when the product is done, when the book is done, they walk away super proud of something that they they can be proud of. They can say, I did this. I made this. This is my book. Not like, oh, yeah, well, I made a book. <laughs> you know? yeah. I want that same passion that they had in their writing. Exactly. The they want so to go to sleep. We have to communicate oh. and tell the truth. No doubt. No doubt. Yes. Um, I definitely agree with everything you just said. And again, this is what it all comes down to is just this is truth, truthfulness. It's very important, you know. Um, so with that being said, um, because we are reaching towards the end, but um, I feel like Leon, you had something you wanted to say. And I'm sorry, I keep cutting you yes, off. I just, I just pulled I an Angela, but yeah, sorry. Angela. I, I just wanted to say this before we had to end. I found the poem. <laughs> Oh yes, please, please, definitely read the I poem. Found the poem. No, but can we can we before we end it, can I can I can I read the poem? Um so the poem that um that's been in um demand um is called Do You See Me? And um, I wrote this in twenty twenty. Do you see me beyond my skin? Beyond the indoctrinated mind control that society has you conditioned. Do you see me? Holding out my hands, hoping you listen. Because maybe this side of them you won't see as so suspicious. Do you see me? Hoping I don't become another statistic to the system that still enslaves and treats us like chattel in jail or prison. Do you see me? Because this world seems it has some blurry vision. It's 2020, yet I still feel whips of hateful disposition. Do you see me? Upset I have to repeat this message in repetition. Hands up, don't shoot. Praying I don't become another victim. Do you see me? Beyond the muddled biases in my heart that feels riotous is due to I can't live in peace and quietness. Do you see me? Centuries of boiled over pain where the blood of my ancestors cry out from injustices that still remain. Do you see me? Maybe I need to scream this out because we tried begging, pleading, serving, pleasing. Now we're just going to shout. Do you see me? Now I don't give a damn. I still believe in nonviolence, but you will hear me, man. Do you see me? My soul screams in passion because maybe it will have to take this for change to happen. Do you see me? Matter of fact, do you even see you? Look at the problem that we're in because change, true change, can only start with you. Do you see me? Do you see me? Do you see me? And do you see you? Wow. Wow. I don't I don't think I can say anything right now. Yeah, I'm I'm done. And really 
let that sink in. What a yes. way to really wrap up this whole yeah. situation. That That's, it. I, Sarah, That's it. I retire. That's it. I'm done. I retire from poetry. That's it. But I'm done. Sarah, can you help us? No, I can't. <laughs> I re- I retire from poetry. That's it. I give up. I'm not doing anything ever again. Thanks a lot, Leon. That was so powerful. You know, Leon gets the last word. Yes, Leon. Leon, I I am gonna say this. You know, I I've read that, and listening to you say it, you know, to actually read it out with your emotion and your just your voice and everything, is like is even more powerful we've talked about how important our words are and yeah really good to hear you say that wow yeah uh, what she said thank, thank you very much Jenny. i i have nothing else to say bro no Mm-mm. and that's the show for you folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Leon, and thank you, Andy, for what an incredible conversation. It never ceases to amaze me how incredible our opportunities to just dialogue with artists, creators, publishers, artists, everyone, human beings. Every time we talk to somebody, it's just been an incredible, eye-opening, heartwarming conversation. And life learning and a lot of lessons. A lot of good tips. A lot of um, amazing things happen today. Andy, thank you for always setting these amazing things up. No, no, I mean, listen, it's... thank you. I mean, you you keep saying, you keep saying me, it's not me, it's all of us. Because honestly, yeah, maybe I might have started this podcast years ago, but... call you the calendar guy. The calendar guy. Wait, You set it up. You scheduled it. The calendar guy, you scheduled it. Oh, my God. That's why I say you set it up, man. No, no, I know. I I appreciate you for that. I really do. Um, I try to take no, the credit I, off no, me. Man, this I is all of you for that. Oh my goodness. I mean, I appreciate you guys saying yes. You know, so you know, since Leon just threw the pipe bomb and dropped the nuke, uh, why don't you end this, bro? Um. So I would like to end off on a high note. Um, as good news. For anyone who's listening, whether you're listening um, in the future, um, I hope you, that you enjoyed our beautiful interview with the lovely, amazing, talented Tara Caribou. Um, look up Raw Earth Inc., which is um, her, her website and page, if you um, want to see more of her amazing work and see the upcoming projects that she has. And also, we hope that a word said, whatever was said in this may inspire you or encourage you in whatever your creative endeavors may be, or that you just have found enlightenment. And as always, from Andy, Angela, Marie, and, and me, me, Leon Jones, I hope that you continue to listen to Unraveled Influence. You you, you really struggled to say that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> unraveled <laughs> influence yes no so yes yeah, so guys thank you for tuning in to this conversation um thank you so much tara for being doing this part two with us and just being a part of this journey with us um i know um and again the fact that you got that positive feedback from that to me that puts a smile on my face i almost dropped my mic um that puts a smile on my face that just means okay you know what we're in the right direction and i thank you for that and you know may the lord continue to bless each and every one of you guys i appreciate you guys and honestly i wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for you guys so thank you so much for this